welcome back to the second part of our series on the spiritual life. I'm your host, Tim Velasco, and I'm recording this today from home. Yay! I'm finally home after being on the road uh, for the last few days. As I mentioned, I'm a professional pilot, and that means travel. Incidentally, episode one was recorded in Kalispell, Montana. And uh, I'll try to, as I do these, tell you where I am when I'm recording them. So I think that might make things a little more interesting. Today is Friday. And Friday makes me think of the weekend, and the weekend makes me think of church. And my question to you is, do you have a local church that you're a member of? So the spiritual life is not a solo trip, you know. If you live in the Salt Lake Valley, I want to invite you to join me at Mid-Valley Bible Church, located in Bluffdale, Utah, right off the Bangor Highway. Visit us at Mid-Valley Bible, that's all one word together, M-I-D-V-A-L-L-E-Y, Bible.org. And I'll put this on the uh, outline as well on my website. Uh, we meet Sundays 9.30 for your Bible study and 10.30 for worship service. Currently on a verse-by-verse series on the book of Galatians. Again, check us out at midvalleybible.org for some great sermons by Pastor Doug Hornock. I want to thank everybody for the kind comments I received and uh, words of encouragement. Really appreciate that. Uh, but let's uh, dive in here. So let's continue with our study and dig a little deeper. Uh, I have a good review for you. and I think reviews are very important for the sake of continuity. And I'm going to do my very best to always give you a review of the last episode for the sake of continuity, okay? So we saw in the last episode that there are three factors or three ingredients to true biblical spirituality. Remember the acronym? It's BHT, being born again and receiving the Holy Spirit. Those two come together. And and, uh, time, my least favorite one, just takes time. There are no shortcuts to spiritual maturity. And maturity is the key concept or the goal, if you will, of the spiritual life. On a side note, it's not something that we attain fully in this life. We didn't talk about that, but I think it's important to address that. So after all, if the Apostle Paul was still running the race, I know I have a long way to go still. But one day when I am free of this body, I will be perfect and so will you. We'll become what we were really meant to be. I can't help but quote scripture here, a little light Bible thumping, right? (laughs) So uh, not really sure what that means, uh, but who cares? But here goes from the New Living Translation. I don't mean to say, this is a quote from Paul, I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing. Man, this is important, right? This one thing. And that's that's what I want you to focus, and I should focus as well. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. Let all who are, and here's a hint, spiritually mature agree on these things if you disagree on some point i believe god will make this plain to you and that is in philippians 3 uh, chapter 3 verse 12 through 15. Uh, we arrived last time at a definition of the spiritual life remember it's the kind of life that produces a spiritual believer i know this sounds a bit like circular logic here but it isn't and we mentioned in passing that there was something implied in that statement that you can be a believer and not be spiritual that is called a carnal believer and we'll explore this later on in this series and this leads us right into the six ramifications or implications of the spiritual life to new believers to old believers to backsliding believers to the 
stages of growth of the believer to the areas of the spiritual life, and it's everywhere. And finally, we spoke of the duration of babyhood, which we came to the conclusion is four to five years. But uh, let's leave this review behind and move forward, and let's look at three characteristics of true biblical spirituality. We're only going to look at one of those characteristics into four parts today, but we're going to look at the three characteristics characteristics of true biblical spirituality. Uh, if you're accessing this from my website, you will see uh, an outline there that will help you follow along or also review. And that website is livingspiritually, that's all one word, livingspiritually.home.blog. Livingspiritually.home.blog. So let's go. Uh, by the way, I will always do my very best to keep these short and sweet. I know y'all, uh, y'all, did I say y'all? Yeah, I sure did. Uh, you all are busy have busy lives, right? I had one comment from a listener that said I need to speak slower. So I'll try to do that, but I really can't. If you if you meet me or if you know me, you know I'm just full of energy. Anyway, so we're talking about characteristics of true biblical spirituality, and we will look at it in three parts. The first characteristic is also uh, is what we'll explore here today, and it's simple and profound. Uh, listen to this. It's a simple and profound. You should be able to see it. In other words, it should be evident in the life of a believer. So that's the first characteristic. You should be able to see it. You should be able to notice it. So let's let's explore this in four areas. The first area is that we should look like Jesus. Now, I don't mean you need to be 5'5 five, five from the Middle East, specifically from the land of Israel and Jewish. What I mean is we should have a Messiah or Christ-like perspective or outlook on life. By the way, there's two terms, Messiah and Christ-like, are the same. Messiah is from Mashiach in Hebrew. Christ is from Christos in Greek. Jews and Gentiles together in one new man. Amen. Uh, so back to our point. We should have a Messiah-like frame of reference or perspective in life. Now, how can we do that? The answer is, drum roll, please. We can't. <laughs> that is in ourselves, in our flesh. That was a hard lesson for me to learn. This is a work of the Holy Spirit in us. Remember him? And in keeping with the light Bible thumping theme, let's look at four verses. Galatians 2.20, Galatians 5.22 and 23, 1 Peter 2.21 and 1 John 2.6. Don't worry about having to remember those. I'll have it on the outline. And what all these passages will tell us is how to have this Christ-like Messiah-like perspective. How perspective. How to live like Jesus lived. So first, looks, let's look at Galatians 2.20. I will not read these, but I'm just going to summarize them for for you. Uh, in Galatians 2.20, we see that we are to live by faith. Now, what does that mean to live by faith? It's uh, living by trusting that God has us in his mighty hand. So every circumstance, every event, everything, and I know this is hard, you know, is under his control, even when it looks from our perspective like chaos. And how do we do this? How do we trust? We pray, and we study and we pray some more and we live out what we learn. I think here of a kid jumping into a pool for the first time. You got that picture in your head? It takes time for that child to make it past the edge, but eventually they do. And our father is a good father. and He's right there to catch us and keep us from drowning. By the way, if you're a believer, let me remind you that God does not give us anything that we can't handle. And when we are tested, he always provides a way of escape. Is a verse there. I think it's 1 Corinthians 10, 13. So we have a helper. Yes, we have the Holy Spirit. Remember him. He helps us. This takes us into the second verse, or the second part of these four parts of this first characteristic, and that's Galatians 5, 23, which says he gives us love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now, he doesn't give these things all at once. He doesn't give them fully formed in us. 
No, he, he gives us, and if we yield to the Holy Spirit, if we don't stifle the Holy Spirit, he will produce more and more of these wonderful Messiah-like qualities in you, and people will notice it. It will be evident in your life. Now, I can just hear some of you saying, yeah, Tim, that sounds so good, but man, you don't know the troubles I've seen, right? And you're absolutely right. I have no idea. Uh, I have not seen the troubles that you have seen, but you haven't seen my troubles either. So let's stop talking about our troubles and listen to Peter, a guy that was sometimes in trouble, uh, and see what he has to say in 1 Peter 2.21. Here he says that God called us for good things, even if it means some bad things come as well. He reminds us that Jesus didn't come down and give a great speech and poof, got zapped back to heaven. No. Our Jesus, he suffered more than any other human ever did. And he suffered when he had no sin at all. I, on the other hand, you, we are sinners. And how can we not love Jesus? I love you, Jesus. Thank you for suffering for me. Jesus, my Jesus, help me to be like you through your word and in your spirit and form maturity in me. Let that, let that be our prayer today. Amen. So we suffer in this life, but it won't last forever. By the way, when you hear the expression that Christians sometimes use, that we should, quote, live in view of eternity, that's what that means. Nothing lasts forever here on this earth. Oh, man, that's good news. All right, finally, let's look at the last verse in the first letter of John, the disciple that Jesus loved. That's, uh, he loved all his disciples, of course, but this is how John describes himself. And I've been thinking about that lately, and I think that's, uh, that's a lesson for us. We should describe ourselves that way, too. We are the disciples that Jesus loves. Isn't that wonderful? So John is the one who snuggled up to Jesus during the Last Supper. And John said in 1 John 2, 6 that we are to abide in the Messiah. We're to move in with him. The reality is that God has moved in with us through his spirit. But we are to move in with him. It's really about understanding the reality that you and me as believers are in. See, if you're saved, and look, if you have doubts, drop me a private message under contacts on the website and let's talk. But if you're saved, you have the Holy Spirit in you. Yeah, Jesus is abiding in you. So live like it already. I don't say that so you feel guilty. I am not about that. What I'm saying is that he's with you. Now, you know, I can hear you saying, but I don't feel it, Tim. Brother, sister, it's not about how you feel. I'm lovingly trying to say, get over yourself. Think of that song from Mercy Me, So Long Self. It's not about how we feel about things. That's a reality. We need to live with that reality in our minds. That's that Messiah-like perspective. So we're really getting to the weeds on this one, aren't we? So let's fly up and take a look at what, what where we are, what we've done. We're talking about characteristics of true biblical spirituality and we said we're going to look at three characteristics today we cover the first one and that's developing a messiah-like frame of reference we talked about four verses that explain it think of like ricky ricardo here i love those shows from the 50s uh they can be summarized like this and yes i have an acronym for you ready uh, no actually i don't have an acronym but i do have a sentence so listen to this carefully i'm going to say this really slowly this is a sentence that describes what we learned today. Jesus lives in me, and his spirit gives me gifts. And when I suffer, I remember to stay close to him. And one day he's taking me home. This is what you need to know. So Jesus lives in you, and his spirit gives you gifts, 
And when you suffer, you are to remember to stay close to him. And one day he's taking you home. Let's pray. Lord God, our Father, my Father, thank you so very much for giving me, giving us your Son. He's the best thing that has ever happened in my life. Lord, I pray that each person listening to this will heartily agree with a big amen. Amen? Help us, Lord, to have a Messiah-like perspective. And we pray this in your Son, Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Shalom. Peace, y'all. That's what that means. Uh, one last thing I hope to see, uh, to have soon, a number of other topics going on at the same time, including some interviews with some people I want you to know, okay? Amen, and see you next time.